Welcome to our Wednesday devotional on our journey through some of the highlights of Mark's Gospel. Today we consider chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Jesus' ministry around Galilee has brought him back to Capernaum, and a large crowd has gathered outside the house where he is staying, and they are listening to his preaching. In fact, it's not just a large crowd. The house was jammed with people, and they had probably spilt out onto the street. So in verse 2 we read, And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. For all of this enthusiasm for Jesus, Mark introduces a hostile element into his narrative. Opposition from religious leaders. It starts in our passage and continues throughout the chapter. As Jesus is preaching, a group of men brought either a friend or relative to him for healing. In verse 3, he is called a paralytic, in other words, totally paralysed. And in verse 4 we read, When they could not get near him, Jesus, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Removal of the roof was a relatively easy thing to do in those days, as houses had flat roofs made of branches and dry clay, supported by wooden beams. And we are told in verse 5, Jesus saw their faith. And what a faith in Jesus, strong and determined. They didn't give up when they couldn't get through the entrance. They didn't raise objections when they saw the situation and say, we'll come back tomorrow. They simply opened up the roof and lowered the man down in front of Jesus. You know, it is so important in our Christian life that at the first setback, we don't stop having faith. We must persevere in believing. Jesus' response to this faith was to say in verse 5, Son, your sins are forgiven. Note the tenderness with which Jesus addressed this man, Son. Jesus' response, your sins are forgiven, will at the time have seemed extraordinary. Firstly, the man had been brought for physical healing, but Jesus addresses the issue of spiritual illness, sin, and spiritual health, the radical healing, forgiveness from God. This, of course, is everybody's greatest need. Secondly, by saying your sins are forgiven, Jesus claims for himself the power to forgive sin, which in all the scriptures is attributed only to God. And it is at this point that we are introduced to the heart of the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. For they say in verse 7, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Blaspheming is the proper conclusion if Jesus is only man. 
but if he is God, there is no blasphemy. But for them that Jesus was God, it's impossible. It's a no-go. So Jesus presents them with a challenge in verse 9. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? The answer, of course, is the first statement, your sins are forgiven, is easier to say. You can't prove or disprove it. To make the second statement, rise, take up your bed and walk, is the more difficult to say because the effects can readily be seen. So this is Jesus's logic. He has just said the easy thing. Now to prove that he has the power to forgive sins, he says what is the difficult thing. So in verse 11, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. To the amazement of everybody, the man gets up and walks. This action argues for only one conclusion. If his word of healing, the hard one, has been effective, then the word of forgiveness, the easy one, must be effective. If it is, then Jesus must be God. But of course, Jesus could only forgive sins for that man because he was going to the cross to give his life as a sacrifice for sins. Here is the great gospel truth. People need forgiveness of sins. Only Jesus can give it. Join me on Friday.